0: When a group of teenagers hop in their car and drive out to visit Twin Chapel Creek in Columbus, Georgia, they have no idea they're about to come face-to-face with the Creek Freak. That's an awesome name. But isn't it awesome? Cryptid? We'll find out. (laughs) We'll find out the Creek Freak. And then we travel to a shopping mall to meet a young boy out shopping with his family. When he does a dangerous and ill advised stunt, he suffers a horrible injury. Or does he? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Happy New Year. The year is now 2023. And things are going to be dope. This is going to be a good year. That is my prediction. I've never made a year prediction, but I'm sure this is going to be a good one. But someone who's good, no matter what year it is, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now, is one of my Christmas gift givers. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Own the Monkeys. Woohoo! Yeah! Come on in! Come on in with his, his horde of monkey servants. Own the Monkeys, Pwn the Monkeys. I know there's different ways to pronounce it, but I'm going to do Own the Monkeys. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. Thank you so much. What happened was Own the Monkeys is a member of the Patreon. He's on the Patreon Discord. And recently I did an episode about something called The Sympathetic Alphabet. In short, it was you get some letters tattooed on your skin. You get the whole alphabet tattooed. (laughs) Not Not just the vowels. We did this episode where if you got... Uh, the alphabet tattooed on your skin, and I got the alphabet tattooed on my skin, and then peeled the skin off. Preferably, preferably, there's a doctor involved in this, you're not just trying to do it yourself with a butter knife. We each peel the alphabet off our own skin and then have it attached to the other person's, and then theoretically, we could send messages to each other no matter where we're at on the planet. Well, we still don't know if that works. I haven't had any volunteers I've had my alphabet tattooed just waiting for you guys. Mason on the Discord found out there was a mysterious book. Because I said in the episode, I go, there's no information on this. It's very, very, uh, it's a well-kept secret. There's very little information. I thought that could be because the powers that be are trying to hide it from us. I'll put the episode in the show notes. Well, Mason found out there's a book called The Sympathetic Alphabet by a Barbara Scissorlip. There's a chance I'm mispronouncing that last name, (laughs) but maybe not. Barbara Scissorlip, but we didn't know what the book was. It just showed up on Amazon. There's this book. Well, Own the Monkeys uh, bought it for me, and he's like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. It's a book of poetry. (laughs) It's a book of poetry, which is my least favorite of all the trees. Let me read this one to you. It's very short, that's why I chose it. How the poet is raising the sun to be a poet. I shine a flashlight in his eyes and say, God. I point to the door and say, sky. I point to the sky and say, sheep. (laughs) Thank you on the monkeys. Thanks for buying me a book of nothing of nothing but this. I, I mean, it looks like it was published by, like, a small publisher. Mother's Hen Publishing is what it says. It was published back in 1975. So this book is a year older than me. Thank you so much, Own the Monkeys. You are our captain or Pilot's this episode. If you guys want to buy me books, I've been getting a lot of books lately, um, go ahead. Um, But just know that I'm not a huge fan of poetry. I will read this. I'm kind of curious... Um. But we'll see how far I get into it. But anyways, that was a long intro. Thank you so much for the gift. Own the monkeys. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Fly us all the way out to Columbus, Georgia. I'm reading poetry the whole time. You're like ah. You're like Jason. Not everybody hates poetry as much as you do. Anyways, we're headed out to Columbus, Georgia. I want to give a shout out. There's a website called Columbus Georgia Now, which is a local local news website. I got a lot of my information from them, so thank you guys, Columbus, Georgia. If you head out past uh, Whitesville Road, so now you're in North Columbus, you're gonna find the Twin Chapel Creek. You drive out there at night, though. And these are some of the things you may encounter. You're out there late at night. You're pulling up. And all of a sudden you hear, Ring around the rosy pocket full of... <laughs> that's, the, that's the CD you are listening to. You're like, oh, let me shut this off. Let me shut this off. And then it's all quiet outside. And then you hear some kids just out there talking. They're playing. You look out of your car and you see a group of kids playing in the creek. Now it's, you know, 8, nine ten o'clock at night. You're in the middle of nowhere. There shouldn't be any kids out here. These kids are having a good time. But then they all turn and they look at you. And they go, hey, you want to see our house? Come over here. We'll show you where we live. Come over here. Come on. Yeah, all the kids are like, yeah, yeah. Come over here. Come over here. Well, don't. do <laughs> a bunch of kids in the middle of nowhere. We're trying to get you out of your car. I don't advise doing it. I don't advise doing it. Apparently, that's that's it. There's been no reports of people going with the children, which would make me think one of two things. One, the citizens of Columbus, Georgia, are smart enough to not get out of their... The rule The kids are telling me to! These phantom kids in the middle of nowhere. Either people are too smart to get out of their car, or... They did. They got out of the car and went to go see the kids, and we never heard from them again. That's a big thing with paranormal reports and UFO reports. Something to keep in mind is we only hear the survivor stories. We only hear the stories of the people who get away. We don't know how many times people go off on these paranormal investigations and these UFO encounters, and we never hear from them again. So it it does have a survivor bias when we look at stuff like this. Apparently, I was reading this and I go, oh, that's pretty fascinating. That's kind of spooky. They added this at the end of the paragraph. This would be something you'd want to let people know of right away. If you stop your car and the kids start going, hey, come over here, come over here. You cannot turn your car back on for an hour. Like your car won't start. You (laughs) shouldn't. That should be your very first sentence. So people don't do that. They're like, hey, man, let's go out to Twin." Creek Chapel, I read one sentence on a website. Let's go. I mean, maybe people read the whole website before they go out there. But so you don't want to shut your car off. You got to keep your car on. Kids will be telling you to come with them and then you just drive away. It would be the best bet. If you shut your car off, then for the next hour, you're like, oh, man, I'd rather get sucked into the infinite void than hear these kids keep yelling at me for an hour. This next one's a little grimmer than that one. I mean, I guess a bunch of dead kids is pretty grim, but. This is is worse. This is actually scarier and sadder. If you go a little bit farther down from... You're still in the Twin Chapel Creek area. Go down a little bit farther, there's a tunnel. And a, a tunnel or maybe a cave, but it's this opening. And at night, you can hear the sounds of dying slaves... So you walk up to it, and you hear, oh, no, help us, Ah, oh, no, and it's just like this cacophony of male and female voices screaming out from the darkness. Apparently, there was a bunch of slaves that were either put into this cave or they were hiding in this cave, and they died. We don't know if it was a collapse. We don't know if they were massacred. But to this day, people said they can still hear the screams and the begging of lives coming from this cave. So that's, that's a little spooky. And then, they're not asking you to come, and they're like, hey, come in the cave, man. Come in the cave. Hang out with us. They're tormented until the end of time. That's always scary. But to top it off, man, you thought you like Jason, dead kids, dead slaves. Can it get worse? Well, we're about to meet the Creek Freak. Who again, that's that's an awesome name. <laughs> I think from now on, all cryptids and ghosts should have rhyming names. Creek Freak. How have they not made a movie? It doesn't have to be about this guy, but it could just make a movie called Creek Freak. Anyways, the Creek Freak. If you are driving down by Twin Chapel Creek, you will see a clown. Sitting on the banks of the creek. Now, you might obviously be totally scared, right? Because clown I don't find clowns particularly scary. But if I saw one in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere, sitting next to a creek, it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. Like a clown hanging out at a coffee shop, whatever, going to a, like, a circus, I'm not going to be scared of them. Creepy clown movies have never scared me. But a clown sitting in the darkness is terrifying. However, you shouldn't really be afraid of this clown, because he's openly sobbing. <laughs> That's actually kind of creepier. I wasn't scared of clowns until now. You walk out here, you drive out here, your car broke down because of stupid kids, you got an hour to kill, so now you're just kind of walking around the area. You may, They call him the Creek Freak to be fair, only one person called him. <laughs> I did a ton of research on this. And I was like, Creek Freak, that's awesome. And then as I was doing all this research, I go, oh, it's just this one group of people. But we're going to make it stick. We're going to call him the Creek Freak as well. You no, know, Normally, they just say he's a sad clown. The Creek Freak sounds so awesome. He's he's not freaky at all. He's like having horrible human emotions right now. Anyways, this clown, this Creek Freak, is sitting next to the creek and he's openly sobbing. <laughs> now, what's interesting that that is that is terrifying, right? There's a difference between seeing a ghost and then seeing a ghost. In a state of agony, like the slaves, or in a state of eternal mourning, like the Creek Freak. But let's go about 17 miles south. We're going to be in the Oxbow Meadows area. There's reports of along that road, late at night, you'll see a clown riding a bicycle down the road. And then he just disappears. He vanishes. (sighs) Honey, did you see that? (laughs) Did you see that? Did you see that clown? (laughs) Could you imagine you're driving a car and the guy next to you is like, Whoa, whoa, did you see that? There was just a clown on a bicycle riding next to us and then it vanished. You're like, okay, uh, we're not going to go to the bar tonight. (laughs) I'm taking you to the hospital to get your head checked out. That would be the most unbelievable sighting, but apparently you have this clown riding a bicycle down the road. And that, that would be scary, right, if you saw that. But the idea of the Creek Freak, this eternally mourning clown, there's something about it, the visual is so spooky. When I first read this, it's funny because I was reading these articles and they're like, listen, this is, this is real. I know as ridiculous as this sounds, there's a clown crying at the creek. And you'd see other articles and they go, "They." it was interesting because they would also go, listen, we know that there's clown sightings all over America right now. People are doing that. Thing their they go. This is predates that. Like all the websites were like, this is actually older than that. And we actually, had, <laughs> we actually had a bunch of clowns die. <laughs> we actually had a bunch of clowns die in Columbus, Ohio, or or really on their way, like pretty close to Columbus, Ohio. Let's head back to the year nineteen fifteen. We're just outside of the city. It's November twenty second. And a circus train, this is 100% true, I was able to verify this happened multiple places. A circus train is headed towards Columbus, Georgia, and it's just full of freaks and weirdos, right? You got clowns, you got bearded ladies, you got the strong man, gorillas probably, there's probably an elephant probably, that'd be so awesome, I'd love to be in the circus. You got all these freaks. All these weirdos, you got a magician throwing, making the coal disappear. They're like, we need that. We need that to power this train. Now, this was a a private train owned by the service company. So it was like old. Even by 1915 standards, it was mostly wooden. I mean, not the engine part. not It's all burning to pieces. They're like, oh man, we really didn't think this through. But all of like the boxes where the passenger cars and stuff like that all made of wood. In the opposite direction is a passenger train, a more modern passenger train which is built and forged in American iron. Well, there is a switch issue. And both trains are now barreling towards each other and you know nobody knows that disaster is about to happen when these two trains hit head on. The passenger train when it impacts quite a few injuries but zero deaths. The circus train on the other hand, The impact was so powerful, and the fire that then engulfed the area and was burning these wooden train cars was so bad, they don't know how many people died in the circus side. There was six confirmed deaths and 12 people missing, and they believe that they burned up. like The fire just completely eviscerated them. The magicians are like, I'm out of here. He just probably jumped into his hat, and his hat kind of wobbled there. And then (laughs) that Burns is like, oh no, this trick has gone wrong. You would have a bunch of people getting off the train. We see this a lot in old timey disasters where you would have a bunch of people dying. They're like, we don't know. There was that one school that blew up. We did that episode not too long ago because they had so many migrant workers. You had so many people just kind of moving from job to job. You probably had more than 12 because you just have what are those guys called that just work carnies. Jumping on board here and there. Anyway, six confirmed dead, 12 missing. They never found them again. So it's possible that these clown sightings are related to that. And that would make sense, right? If you want to make a clown cry, kill all of his friends, and burn his job to the ground. I I think no matter how cheery or happy you may be, He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna cry. He's going to cry. Clowns, you might not know this, but underneath the makeup, clowns are people too. They also have hopes and dreams. So is it possible that these hauntings are real? Are they urban legends born out of this verifiable train crash? Who knows? All I know is that from now on, the Creek Freak will forever live in the heart of every Dead Rabbit Radio listener. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you're now possessed. Creek Freak is in your chest. Own the monkeys. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Columbus, Georgia. Let's fly all the way out to a shopping mall. I'm 46 years old, and I'm a computer guy. So I, I stare at my computer all the time. Reading on the computer, writing on the computer. Yesterday... All of my fonts changed. I use Notepad to write everything for this show, to just write notes. I'm using Audacity to mix this episode. The fonts are different. They're clearly different. And I don't know how that happened. It happened in the middle of the day. All the fonts are different. But the longer I look at them, the harder it is for me to tell that they're different. Just in the matter of 12 hours, they're starting to look like the font it used to be. But I know the font is different. We're in the shopping mall because we're going to meet this guy. Online, he goes by the name Existing Session, but we're going to go ahead and call him Jerry. Five, six years ago, Jerry was around the age of eight, eight years old. So Jerry's only 14 now. Jerry, a couple years ago, went to the mall with his grandma and his great-aunt and his mom. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound like a fun day? You can, you know that the mom and the grandma and the great-aunt had more fun than Jerry could ever have at a mall. Um, they probably treasure that memory. But that's a good segue because we're going to be talking about memories. Jerry... ...is on this mall mission. This is the first time he hangs out with his grandma and his great aunt a lot. This isn't even the first time they went to the mall. And he's had this thing he does. When he's at the mall, when he's going down the escalator... ...he likes to jump off the escalator. Not jump over the sides... But before it hits the ground, you know, he's gotten braver over time. He now does it when it's a little bit higher. But he jumps from the moving stair and lands on the stationary pad on the floor. So it's like a straight jump. it's like a little, like, pop. Dumb. Super dumb to do. People die on escalators. I was about to say all the time. I don't think it's all the time. But it's a moving staircase. They're not made to be fun. It's not a setup. For some sort of adventure. I come across an article maybe once or twice a year. About someone dying on an escalator. Jumping off an escalator. Sliding down the escalator. Falling off an escalator. So it does happen. And so you shouldn't be goofing off on one basically. But anyway. So Jerry is on this escalator. Wee! He does this jump. And he goes. it's. He doesn't want it. It's kind of high. He, this isn't the first time he's done it. So when they're out clothes shopping, his mom has left. His mom is still at the mall, but she's doing her own shopping right now. He's standing there with his great-aunt and his grandma, and they're going down this escalator, and he has done this a hundred times. they going to do it again. He jumps, and he totally biffs it. He falls down so hard right on that stationary pad. For whatever reason, the jump didn't work this time. But not just that. When he fell down... He's basically right in that little tiny gap that's designed so no human body part can go in. But you're not supposed, you're not supposed to lay down on it either. Where the, escalators, the escalator stairs disappear into the bottom to begin their trip back up. And just the solid metal plate. So it's basically like, I don't know, maybe a quarter of an inch, probably smaller of solid, unmoving metal, and then constantly moving metal with those little teeth on it, he lands right in that gap. And in an instant, it shreds the flesh right off of his right shin. Like, he just feels it get torn away. And he is completely in shock. Like, the pain level when I mean, first off, he was doing the jump. He's probably pretty euphoric. He lands, and then just that escalator goes... Just takes the skin right off of his leg, and he doesn't feel anything. Like, he's instantly going into shock. It's so painful. And he's kind of just laying there. (laughs) Hopefully, maybe he moved at least a couple inches. It's all yum, yum, yum. Escalator's eating him up. He's laying there. He can't. doesn't know what to do. He goes, I didn't feel it at all. I just was sitting there. And he goes, my, I started to black out. Like, it was that bad. My vision starts to fade. I'm losing my senses. He goes, I remember my grandma, my great aunt, standing over me. I remember my mom running out of a store. And there's a strange man with her as well. Someone... It's the freak freak. He's all shopping for Kleenex. His mom and the strange man come running towards him, and he blacks out. But then he wakes up. He wakes up in bed at home. And he figures, uh, you know, like, what happened? I must have passed out when that horrible thing. Like, I mean, sure, it was my fault, but then it started eating the flesh off my leg. I didn't expect that in a million years. And he looks down in his right leg, perfectly normal. What? Just kind of sitting there in bed, and he goes, that must have been like the craziest dream I've ever had. Because there's no physical damage to me. I mean, let's think about it. I am eight years old, so I do have, my brain can process logic. I had this horrible event that happened to me, and... The story started off with him like talking about what he ate that morning when they went over to the grandma and the great aunt's house and what he ate that morning and all this preparation was a super detailed dream. I left it out (laughs) because honestly it was kind of boring, but he he can tell everything that happened that day. He blacks out after the escalator accident. He wakes up, his legs perfectly fine. So he goes. That must have just been like the most detailed, vivid dream I'd ever had, because how else? would I wake up in my bed with no injury? That's the only possibility. Well, Jerry developed a fear of escalators, if you can imagine that. Jerry developed an intense phobia of ever being on an escalator again. But they went to the mall a lot. Well, a couple years later, he's now 10, 11 years old, Jerry's at the mall with his mom and you know they're gonna take the escalator to go up. And he's like, Oh no, mom, can we like can we take the stairs? The mom turns to him and goes, You that is weird. Like the, you used to not only did you not used to mind taking the escalator, you love jumping off. We haven't been on an escalator in a while. Why do you have such an intense fear of escalators? Like, I think this was the first time. It dawned on his mom, like we haven't ridden—we haven't ridden an escalator in two years. Her calves are hella big; they've really been working those stairs. She goes, "Why don't you want to ride the escalators anymore?" And Jerry goes, hey, "Listen, this is going to sound super weird, but a couple years ago, I had this super intense dream. I had this dream that I was out with you guys, and we were coming down the escalator Well, you were shopping with the Creek Freak, but we were coming down the escalator." And I jumped off and I fell and it just tore the skin right off of my leg. It was a horrible dream. It was so vivid. I I, I just, I don't want to be on escalators anymore. And his mom's looking at Jerry and she goes, That wasn't a dream. He's like, what? Yeah, Jerry, that happened. Me, you, and your great aunt your grandma were at the mall and you were goofing off. And you got the flesh ripped right off of your leg. Yeah, no, that happened. Now, remember, Jerry woke up and his leg was totally fine. Wasn't that it was bandaged up or anything like that? Like, it was perfectly normal. But the injury that he suffered would have taken time to heal. You would have had this whole thing where it would have been bandaged up. You might have gotten medical attention, maybe not if it was just on the surface, but... You bandage it up, it's going to scab over. It's like a long process. You're picking up the scab. Jerry, quit picking up the scabs. And then you just finally let it get back to normal, and then your skin's back. It's not necessarily that it was going to be heavily scarred, but it's also not going to be healed in an hour or two. Jerry goes, no, 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 it was a dream. And the mom's like, no, that actually happened. You fell down, you really got your leg scraped up. So Jerry goes, when did it heal then? Because the next thing I know, my leg was totally fine. Like, if it wasn't a dream, when did my leg heal? When did it get totally normal? And the mom goes, oh, no, Jerry, it... Wait, wait. You're right. Jerry, I don't remember your leg healing either. I remember the accident. Clearly, that wasn't a dream. but..." I don't remember I don't remember any of the healing process. Now you could argue that maybe it was such a surface level scratch that it didn't take a bunch of healing. But even from the mom's account it did seem like it was pretty gnarly. It'd be the same thing, like I'm not saying like it gouged out muscle. It'd be the, I know people who totally just mess up on skateboarding and they have that road rash all up their leg or on their arm, and it's there for like a week or more, and you can watch it slowly disappear. It's not an instant thing. I mean, at the very least, I would compare it to a case of road rash. It's not that it necessary. He says that it took, you know, flesh off. It just completely just ate into him. But even he's not saying there was muscle tissue missing. He needed physical therapy, anything like that. It would be like if you totally messed up a skateboard trick, got road rash all down the left side of your arm, and then the next day your arm was completely normal. That's what he's saying it is. And even his mom goes, "I don't remember the recovery process at all." It's a simple story. But it's one of those stories, it's one of those paranormal, or in this version, Glitch of the Matrix alternate universe story that is fairly inconsequential. It's an interesting story. We have to look at what mechanism would cause him to to do this. And when I say cause him, not to jump off the escalator in the first place, but my theory on this story is that he, because we do see this with quant, they call it quantum suicide or quantum immortality, where he, in that theory, you die and then you shift to a reality where you're still alive because you cannot process, you cannot comprehend or process information in a universe. You are dead. So you just simply exist in another universe. That's that theory in a nutshell. That's the idea that he, but this isn't, he didn't die. This was just an injury. He got injured in one universe and then he shifted to another universe. Where the injury never happened. What's interesting about that is his mom shifted with him. Because she also remembers it. It would be super interesting. I don't know if the grandparent and the great aunt are still alive. But it would be interesting to ask them as well. If they also remember the event happening. That's the first key. Like, if they go, oh, we don't ever remember you jumping off the escalator. Now you have definitely have a conundrum because now you have two people who don't even... It's almost like in this universe the accident never happens. So you might have outside observers who go, I don't remember that. I don't remember you. I remember you jumping off the escalator because you did that all the time. But I don't remember you falling down and getting your legs scraped up. Now we have people... Basically, you have a Mandela effect within a family. But the question is, you know... Why would you shift just because your leg got scraped up? It seems so minor, but did it have long-term consequences? Did he not get to ask Susie to the prom in high school, senior year? She's like, I don't date people who fall off escalators. No way, you suck. And he's like, no! Like... We don't know, like, if quantum immortality and quantum suicide, there's so many questions that you have to ask about that. My main one is if you keep shifting into a universe where you didn't die, what happens when you're 89 and you have a heart attack? Do you shift into the body of you at 89, one second before your heart attack and you didn't have it, but now two seconds later you have it and then you shift into your body at the same age? Right about to have a heart attack? Like, is that the end? Or do you shift into a younger version of yourself with no memory? Like, there's so many questions about it. We don't even know if it's a real phenomenon. But the idea that that would happen. But now we're just talking about injuries. Shifting into a universe where you didn't suffer an injury. I had a buddy a long time ago. worked for this call center. Super nice guy. We were talking one day. And he mentioned that he had broken his neck. I was like, what are you talking about? What you? He's like, yeah, I broke my neck. I was like, what? And he, I go, you're not paralyzed? He's like, dude, this is the craziest story. He said he was out of the beach with a bunch of his friends. And he was showing off. And there was a big pile of, <laughs> a big pile of sand. And for whatever reason, he thought it would be funny. He was going to show off. He goes, oh, all those guys swim in the water. But I, they call me Earthworm Jim. He runs and he jumps into this big sand dune. They're on a beach. It's like sand, sandy sand. He jumps headfirst. And it's not a sand dune. It's a huge rock. (laughs) It's a huge rock with a coating of sand over it. And he goes, I jumped into that sand dune head first and my neck broke. And I just fell down like he's just laying on the ground. Ah, just screaming. So they called the paramedics. They're all there. First, they're like, Hey, you're faking Earthworm Jim. Come on, dig, dig through the dirt, dig through the dirt. He's like, Ah, they eventually, after they had their funny games, they called the medics. Medics come out, they put him in that halo, right? They put him in that thing because they're like, You cannot move your neck. If you move your neck, you just might die. Your neck's broken. So they put him in that halo, they stabilize his neck, and he's in the hospital room, and the doctor's like, Your neck's broken. Like, we're This is going to take some time to get this fixed, but we believe that we'll make it... Like, if we take the halo off, you'll probably die, or you'll just become paralyzed. Because he could walk, and he could move his arms. Everything was fine. That's what he could... When you think of a neck being broken, you think they're paralyzed. And we're, like, sitting there, and I was like, dude, so, like, what happened next? Like, how, how does the story play out? And he goes, well, because my neck was broken, they sent me to a part of the hospital of people with broken necks. And he goes, I felt awful. He goes, not because the staff. The staff was wonderful. He goes, I go to the broken neck ward. I'm going to be here for a couple weeks. I was the only one who could walk. He said some of them were paralyzed from the waist down. He goes, some of them were paralyzed from the neck down. He goes, a lot of them were my age. People who recently broke their neck. And he felt like it was like when he first... That when he's laying there on the ground, he's terrified, right? He thinks, oh my God, like, I know something's seriously wrong with me. And once the doctors start explaining, you broke your neck, it's a miracle you're not paralyzed. Oh, his family is joyful, and he's joyful, and all of this stuff. He's so thankful that even though he broke his neck, he's going to be okay. But once he walked into that ward, all those other people around his age who suffered similar injuries, the same injury. Just went a different direction. Like, I felt so bad that I walked away with really nothing but a scratch. Because he saw... I think if he had just been in the hospital by himself, he would have been like, phew, close call. But seeing all those other people struggling to just do... Some of them couldn't even do basic tasks, right? They could talk, they could think, watch television. But That's, what, that's when it really hit him. I didn't know anything about Mandela effects. I didn't know anything about like obviously I knew about alternate universes from like DC Comics and stuff like that. I knew it was like a science fiction thing, but you didn't really think of it back then. This was um this would have been like really early 2000s. But now looking back at that like is it possible that there was another version of him where he snapped his neck? There's probably multiple versions of him where he snapped his neck. And and well, he snapped his neck in all of them, but Well, some of them he didn't jump on the rock, but there's versions where he was killed on the spot, versions where he was paralyzed from the waist down, from the neck down. It's such an interesting topic because you wonder, you know, there are people who are physically and mentally suffering in our timeline. Some of them may be listening to this podcast. And you go, well, wait a second. Why am I in this alternate reality? Why am I in this reality? But there's another version of me who's walking around. I want to be that guy. Not this guy. It opens a whole weird can of worms when you go... when you When you understand that human suffering is part of being alive. And the human body is a system. And no system is perfect. And things will go wrong. When you just look at our reality... We can comprehend stuff. You can go, why me, God, why me? But at the end of the day, we go, this is just the order of the universe. But once you start to bring the whole multiverse into it, you can ask that question. Why am I in this version? Why did this little boy who fell on this escalator just scrape his leg and he moved to a universe where he never had that injury? But I'm stuck in this universe where both my legs were chopped off. In a train accident, I crashed into a clown train in the year 2022. Can you believe that? Interesting questions. It's such an interesting story. It's inconsequential, but it really makes you think. What is the reason why we hop alternate realities? Or do we? You know, Again, that's a question in and of itself. Is it possible to move between realities? Do we do it voluntarily? Are we forced into them? Why? Why not? Now, again, one of the things I love about doing paranormal research, you just don't know what you're going to find. You don't know what dots you're going to connect. But they're out there. Those dots are out there. I do think that things can happen and it seems like they're random. And maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. Maybe this story just happened to this one kid. Maybe it's not a clue as to the nature of Reality jumping or Mandela effects or anything like that. Maybe it's just some weird event where a kid scraped his leg and then it never healed because it didn't have to. Or maybe it's a clue, no matter how small and insignificant at this time, maybe it is a clue that lets us know not only what happens after we die, like quantum immortality, but even lets us realize what's going on every single day in our lives. It could be something as dramatic as dying and then switching to a reality where you never died. It could be something as bizarre as getting a fairly serious leg wound, the very least a bad case of road rash, and then it instantly disappearing. Nobody knows how it healed up. Or it could be something as insignificant as the font changing on your computer almost right before your eyes. If we can figure out what causes people to switch to an alternate reality, not through death, but through these other bizarre minor events, if we can figure out that mechanism, then maybe... It would be us who makes the determination to switch to the other reality, not fate or tragedy. It would be us. If we can figure out what's causing it, we can control it. And if we can control it, DeadRabberRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabberradio. TikTok is at deadrabberradio. Dead Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today.